0: Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Oh, here we are. Another fabulous episode of this wonderful podcast. Um, we are in the midst of a really long conversation, which has been very good. But we're in the midst uh, in this podcast right now in the book of First John. And we decided, well, I decided completely independent of asking Amanda's opinion, because sometimes I do that. Then we're gonna just dive right in. What right. we're gonna do? Dive in. Uh, we're in chapter two of the of the letter of First John. Uh, those of you who are following along in your Bibles, which I highly recommend, or an app on your phone, or anywhere else that you can find scriptures, uh, it's towards the end of the Bible, right in front of Revelation and Jude and Third John and Second John. But it's real close <laughs> there to, to the end of the Girl. Bible, sort it's real real yeah and we're in chapter 2 so we're going to read a few verses i'm going to read this time because i had you read last time so we're going to okay. i'm going to read the first 11 verses of chapter 2 of 1 john and then we're just going to dive right in because that's right. the kind of mood that i'm in tonight so this is what it says and i've the the old 1984 version of the NIV so, my dear okay. children i write this to you so that you will not sin but if anybody does sin we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says I do not, right, the man who says I know him but does not do what he commands, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anybody obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light, and there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going, because the darkness has blinded him.
1: Mm. One straight of the things to the that, point.
0: Straight to the point, yep. But, and he restates Friends, it might sound like he's restating himself quite a bit in this book as you read through it. If you read through it well, one fell swoop, which is totally a thing you can do because it's only five chapters, he does it for. I think I I can identify two reasons immediately. One, this is a letter intended to be spoken out loud to a group of people, mm-hmm. and so because when you when you think about a spoken word, something that you're receiving just by your ears. Having repetition helps kind of solidify it in your head, right? Because they didn't necessarily have it in the text form where they could look back and reread it multiple times. Number two is whenever we repeat ourselves, we do so for emphasis Mm -hmm. because we find that the stuff that we're speaking or saying is important. Now I do want to bring in uh just real quick because I've I just did a study yesterday on it, but the Hebrew word Shema, um, and famous by uh Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four, Shema Israel, hear, oh, no. O Israel, and this concept of listening and hearing the Lord. This Hebrew word Shema means not just to hear, because I think this coincides. Perfectly with, with J- what John is saying in chapter two of his letter, Shema doesn't just mean hear what God is saying, doesn't just mean listen to what God is saying. It means pay attention and obey. Uh-huh. And this is what he's, this is what John is saying. I write to this to you because you need to obey Him. And if you are not obeying His commands, then how can you say you're in Christ? How can you say you've heard the truth? if you're not putting the truth into practice by how you walk following Jesus.
1: Hmm. What a word for today. I think even now, you know, just kind of when we people we can kind of mold faith into what we want it to be, you know. But this is saying, nope, if you are um I mean, even in a world of of denominational fractions, yeah. You know. <laughs> um if you are hating hating your brother and now this is this is for people who are in God, right? Like right. Mm-hmm. um this is Others for people and in the Lord yep. in the church, but saying you guys need to be on the same team, right? We're for the same goals. And if you are hating and remember the word hate is to like wish dead. It's like to wish they no longer I mean unable to reconcile, right? Like I you are dead to me then the spirit of God is dead in them because they're definitely not allowing the Holy spirit to speak into that. Right. Because God is about a God of restoration. So if you've got to that point where you're like, this person is just like dead to me, I will not reconcile with them at that point. You've pretty much stopped listening to God. And I don't think this is the thing of, um, you know, I mean, these people have been hurt. You know, and I, and I don't think this is speaking to, you know, forgive your abusers. Although I think maybe abusers could possibly use this. Could weaponize. Could weaponize this. this kind of a passage. I think it's speaking more to, are we allowing God to transform us and and choose a new way of thinking and living when it comes to relationships with other people or are we not? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Right, because he starts out this this part of the chapter, which you know, if you remember, they're not written in these chapters. We added these, but you know, he's saying, "I'm writing this because I don't want you to fall into these traps." Mm-hmm. Right, but we're human, and I know if you do, <laughs> we have an advocate. Which means to me, when I read, when I hear this, God's willing to work with us on our stuff. Right. And because we have Jesus who advocates for us and is willing to work with us and knowing that the other people that we are in Christian relationship with and us also have an advocate in Jesus who is willing to work with them on their stuff, then we should be a community of people willing to work with one another in our stuff and not throw people away. Doesn't mean you don't have boundaries.
0: Right. It's on past experience, especially with specific people. But it means that, again, I think it goes back to what we say a lot, is remember who the enemy is. Yep. But I love the concept that Jesus is our advocate. He speaks in our defense. Because, again, our sin separates us from God. Period. But Jesus, by coming in our place, in our stead, he can bridge that gap between us and God that our sin creates. And Mm -hmm. I was just talking about this today, but our lives, as we walk, as we follow Christ, the closer we get, the more God kind of digs down and gets some of those root sins out. Mm -hmm. The, the more, I think we can hear the Holy Spirit. I feel like the roots are in our ears. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah,, uh, the roots are in our hearts. you know the roots are in our minds. And when those things are free, just like if you're planting a garden of, let's say tomatoes, if you don't get the weeds out of that tomato garden, your tomatoes are gonna be choked out. yeah, and so as as Jesus, the gardener, I mean, I'm using all mixing all these metaphors, but I'm just gonna go with it. He can pull out those those roots of sin, you're gonna produce much better fruit. Mm-hmm. And so when he says, My dear children, I write this so that you will not sin. You yeah. can live your life without sin. Now, as men said, as I've said before, we are human, we trip up sometimes, so we don't want to get discouraged or in or despairing about our sin because we do know that Jesus advocates for us he speaks in our defense he goes before his father on our behalf but how much more if in our love of God in our love of the Lord and all the blessings he's bestowed and all the gifts that he's given and all of the trials and tribulations he's gotten us through to live lives that aren't weighted down by sin yeah yeah
1: and i think so much at least At least I guess I I can't speak for other people, but a lot of my sin comes in comparison when I compare to other people. I'm either trying to please people, like so, you know, maybe twist things to make myself look better or or the sin of at least I'm not like them. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And so so I know that's where I kinda get tripped up is with the relationships with other people of either um you know, distorting things to make me look better in the eyes of people and maybe even making people like an idol, you know, of because I don't like, to, I really, really, and I think we talked about this, I really don't like to let people down. That's what we actually we talked about for a whole hour about me over committing myself to all of these things because I don't want to let anybody down or getting to the, well, I'm doing fine. And at least I'm not doing yeah. that. But both of those things are sinful, right? Because it's putting other people in the place of where God should be or Jesus, and he should be the one I'm living my example for, right?
0: Yeah. What, and I think too, it goes back to image and identity. Mm-hmm. I'm cultivating an image to show to the world that is that is not accurate to who I am <laughs> before God, But because God okay. lays us bare,
1: right? God. I'm a man of unclean lips, right? I mean, that whole like he uh. he, he <laughs> sees beyond the mask,
0: underneath the mask. He he's like. Guys, why are you even trying with the mask? Don't you know that I created you, knit you right. together in your mother's wombs? Don't you know that that I know how many hairs are sitting on your head right now? You can't hide from me. And and yet he bears us he bears us out, right? Right. And yet
1: loves us. Mm. And correct. it's so terrifying and so freeing at the same time. Correct, <laughs> correct, correct. But yeah, I like to say anyone anyone who's claiming to be in the light—that's again that fake facade—but nope. is living in and this is I don't even think just hate for your brother, but it's just I think it's just a just skewed view of things, you know. Yep. Um. I mean, this is this is giving the example of of hatred of of other people. Um, he said, "Because God is love, and and if you have God in your heart, you really can't hate people." And there is definitely a distinction
0: between "I don't like this person" and "I hate this person."
1: Yes, there are. You don't got to be BFFs with everybody. I
0: mean, don't but to hate point. is yeah, correct. To
1: hate and is even wrong. And even if I mean, there are wicked people right um because i mean to hate is to want it to, to kill and destroy and there are wicked 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 people but even then they are still not our enemy
0: right. well I mean, and, we pray. and I, we pray for those who persecute us right we pray yeah. for those who hate us right is it hard oh heavens, yes why would I want to pray for somebody I don't like?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Why would I want to pray for somebody who's hurt me? Right. Again, doesn't mean you don't have boundaries. If you've if you've been hurt, doesn't mean you have to let that person back in your life. Because oh, God asks you for to forgive me, you need to let me back in. If you were a good Christian, you'd that's that's spiritual abuse.
1: Yeah. No, nah, we're
0: weaponizing scripture. We're not talking about that. Right. I'm talking about general a general disdain you might have for somebody. Justified or not, we can justify a whole lot of things. Don't hate your brother.
1: Have you ever heard that that story from Corey Tenboom where she meets one of the guards again later? Did we share that story on here before? I'm not sure. But if we did, who cares? Let's share it again. Yeah. You want so- I'm probably might butcher some of the details because it's, I'm not, not, I don't, it's not like,
0: yes,
1: but from well, my, it's not
0: like I have a copy. And then I think,
1: <laughs> but from my remembrance of the story and I might be, if I'm butchered, please correct me. But, you know, so Corey, if you don't know, Corey Ten Boom is her, her and her sister end up in a concentration camp for hiding um, Jewish people during the time of the Holocaust. Um, they were not Jewish, but they were kind of were just roped in because they were, you know, on the, the other side. And so her sister was a lot more fragile. I think she was, she was like in her forties when they went thirties. I don't have any, anyway, questions. she was Here an adult, you. anyway, so she is, her and her sister end up at this camp. Her sister is, is more fragile than she is and was essentially worked to death in this concentration camp um and her sister was really the one who had the the faith and the peace that passed understanding that Corey just never quite she was a lot more practical minded she just didn't really understand where this love for these people that her sister seemed to have because the the this one uh lady who was kind of in charge of their barracks would just really hated her sister's sunny disposition and really just made it her mission to make her life miserable and succeeded and um um so but her her sister had this spirit of like she knew who the enemy was and it wasn't any of these guards later when Cor when when Cory has been freed and she's going on these speaking tours she ends up coming face-to-face again with one of the guards that was, I think, there. Am I right?
0: Yeah, so actually I found yes. just that story, so if you okay. want me to read that. Yeah. So it says this. Uh, this is from Corey Tenboom's words. words. Um, she says, I was in a church in Munich that I saw him, a balding, heavy-set man in a gray overcoat, a brown felt hat clutched between his hands who were follow, filing out of the basement room where I had just spoken, moving along the, rolls, the rows of wooden chairs to the door at the rear. It was 1947, and I had come from Holland to defeated Germany with a message that God forgives. It was the truth they needed most to hear in that bitter bombed land, and I gave them my favorite mental picture. Maybe because the sea has never far from, far from a Hollander's mind, I like to think that that's where forgiven, forgiven sins were thrown. When we confess our sins, I said, God cast them into the deepest ocean, gone Mm. forever. The solemn faces stared back at me, not quite daring to believe. There were never questions after a talk in Germany in 1947. People stood up in silence. In silence, they collected their wraps. In silence, they left the room. And that's when I saw him working his way forward against the others. One moment I saw the overcoat and the brown hat. The next, a blue uniform and a visored cap with its skull and crossbones. It came back with a rush. The huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man. I could see my sister's frail form ahead of me, ribs sharp beneath the parchment skin. Betsy, how thin you were. Betsy and I had been arrested for concealing Jews in our home during the Nazi occupation of Holland. This man had been a card at Robinsburg, concentration camp where we were sent. Now he was in front of me, hand thrust out. A fine message, Freulein, how good it is to know, as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And I, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take that hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could he remember one prisoner among those thousands of women? But I remembered him and the leather crop swinging from his belt. I was face to face with one of my captors and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrück in your talk, he was saying. I was a guard there. No, he did not remember me. But he said, since that time he went on, I've become a Christian. I know that God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there. And I would like to hear it from your lips as well, Fräulein. Again, the hand came out. Will you forgive me? And as I stood there, I, whose sins again and again had to be forgiven, could not forgive. Mm-hmm. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for a- for the asking? It could not have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out. But to me, it seemed hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I had ever had to do. For I had to do it. I knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition, that we forgive those who have injured us. If you do not forgive men their trespasses, Jesus said, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. I knew it not only as a commandment of God, but as a daily experience. Since the end of the war, I had had a home in Holland for victims of Nazi brutality. Those who were able to forgive their former enemies were also able to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives, no matter what the physical scars. Those who had nursed their bitterness remained invalids. It was as simple and as horrible as that. And still I stood there with a coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will. And the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Help, I prayed silently. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You you supply the feeling. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did an incredible thing took place. The current started into my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands, and then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner, I had never known God's love so intensely as I did right then.
1: Yeah. So good. Sorry, So that is a wow. Right? But she's yeah. knowing God's in my heart. Yeah. And this man who's coming saying, I've done some good things and I know God's forgiven me. Right? And she had to really think about yeah. do I forgive you?
0: Well, and to say it's an act of the will. Yeah. And say, all right, I I can lift my hand. God, you you supply the feeling. You finish <laughs> this work in me because I, I'm gonna reach out, but you need to finish it. Cause and God did. God showed up and finished finished the rest of the feeling. Changing the temperature of her heart. I like that phraseology.
1: Yeah. Right. And, it, and it's not always easy. Ahead. People are hard and difficult.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and that, you know, and so we're not trying to sugarcoat that, you know, there are people who have seriously hurt. You know, people who have weaponized faith. Mm-hmm. You know, although I would argue, possibly, um, if they are Christians who or people who are claiming faith to weaponize it, are they actually in the faith? Right. But that, I think, those are but, people that that John is talking about, still walking in darkness. That's right.
0: Yeah, in that category of people. Yeah. More messy, yeah. Don't we know it? (laughs) And yet, God loves them, right? Because John says Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, Mm -hmm. but not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world.
1: Yep, and that's the thing. And if we want grace for us, we have to be willing. To bestow grace for others. You just have to. Yeah. And I think that's where we can get messed up a little bit sometimes. Absolutely. Well again But I love but he supplies it. You know, yeah. and not to jump to ahead, you know, but there's right in the next part of first John, there's a little song poem. Yeah something something that he kind of we were just we were joking like where did this why is this here i don't know it just kind of is thrown in there it's probably a first century christian song um but it's and it's also repetitive but yeah. he's saying you know i'm writing because your sins have been forgiven right yeah i'm writing because you knew him who was from the beginning jesus mm-hmm. you know i'm writing to you because you overcome the evil one like yeah. don't forget who you are you know, don't get wrapped up in this unforgiveness of people and their mess because you were once a person in your mess. <laughs> right? Absolutely. You know, when I write to you, young men, you're strong. The word of God lives in you. You've overcome the evil one. You do not have to get wrapped back up in this petty nonsense that the world continually tries to wrap us back up in. You really don't have to. I think as you grow in Christ... Um, you
0: become less attached less attached to the things of the world, less attached to your image, less attached to what other people think of you, less attached to success by any definition because yes. you realize that you're in the entirety of your being is wrapped up in in Christ, yeah, and that he's the only one who's approval we need and he approves us when we're still sinners. Romans (laughs) says that. Right? Yep. While you were still sinners, Christ demonstrated his love for us by dying when we are still sinners. Yep. And again, not approval in the sense of it doesn't matter what you do with your life. That's not what I'm saying. But approval in the sense of I will accept you as my child. Sin, sinful you may be. Right? Yep. And I just feel like that love the father has for us that is extravagant sacrificial over the top love that god has for us we have to we have to come to terms with it we have to like receive it mm-hmm. internalize it chew on it and then respond and how how do you respond to someone's extravagant sacrificial crazy, awesome love for you. Well, I think you'd do it by walking behind his son, following his footsteps,
1: mm-hmm.
0: loving your brothers and sisters and telling people about what he's done. I think that's how right. you do it.
1: You know, I don't, we don't generally dabble into uh, the world of politics and I'm only going to brush it slightly. But I was reading an article recently that said there's a group, a fraction of super fringe people who claim Christianity
0: okay,
1: that are eschewing the words of Jesus because he's too, well, they use the word woke, but that's not necessarily the word I would use. But in this article, that's the word that they used. Wow. And so they're saying these words of Jesus, we're we're Christian, <laughs> but we're not gonna live our lives based on that kind of stuff because it reminds us too much of an ideology that we maybe be aren't partaking of. And I was just maybe well, first it made it made it made me like sad cry like sad laugh, right? you know. Like, like a,
0: like but, oh my
1: gosh what yeah <laughs> what you know and i'm saying this is like a super fringe type right. of niche of people so don't you know um super niche of american weird almost probably a cult <laughs> um anyway but uh but that kind of thought of you know we we think we know what this is and when we're confronted with anybody who's not thinking like this, like, that we're thinking, including Jesus, then you know we're not we're not gonna do that. You know, we're and not that, gonna take, take it. it right. Well, and you can put this for any 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 whoever the other is, right? And I think way back to one of our first episodes, we talked about the other. Who's the other? And um, and we all every society has another every niche click group whatever has an other right just by nature of human us versus
0: versus them is like old school
1: yeah everybody has who that is you know and we don't like we like us and we don't like them and they don't like us and they're bad we're we're good always and whatever but that's the kind of thought of you know if you are hating people, where's, where's Jesus in that? You yeah. know, if Cor- yeah. Corey Templeman decided to continue to hate that guy, her whole witness would have been. Absolutely. Well, think, <laughs> think back what she says. She
0: says, I knew it not only as a commandment of God, but a daily experience. Since the end of the war, I had had a home in Holland for victims of Nazi, Nazi brutality. Those who were able to forgive their former enemies were also able to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives. No matter yeah. the physical scars, those who nursed their bitterness remained yeah. invalids. It was as simple and as horrible as that. That's the reality. If you hold yeah. bitterness and hatred in your heart, you, are a, you will remain an invalid when it comes to yeah. your spiritual and emotional health. You don't yeah. have to like everybody. That's certainly the, tr- the truth. But I think that if we have a broader perspective of Christ, a deeper perspective of Christ, because I think I think you need wide and deep, right? Wait, there's a song. Deep and wide, deep and wide. And it. Songs that. pop into my head all the time, friends. <laughs> oh, it's a thing. Some days it's great. Some days it's very frustrating. Um, but yeah, First John is all, First John repeatedly talks about, look, if you claim these things, but don't act them out, you're lying to yourself. You're walking in darkness. If you hate your brother, claim you're without sin. Don't do it. These commands aren't new. They're old commands. Love. Love your brother. Love your sister. Right? You You can do so. You have Christ. Yep. It is possible. It's possible. But I do think that living it out in real life, in the messy of life, is, is hard at times. But if we think of, you know, Paul says, God forgave us sinners of whom I am the worst. <laughs> and I think if we put ourselves in proper perspective before God and realize that I am a sinner before God, made saint by Jesus' blood, Mm -hmm. but I started off a sinner just like everybody else in the whole wide world. I'm no better than anybody else. We all started in the same place. You know, know, if we're all drowning in sin, like we think of it as an ocean, if we're all drowning in sin, do I get to laugh and cackle because I've been saved and rescued in the helicopter and laugh at all those other people still drowning in the ocean? Yeah. (laughs) That would be obnoxious. No one... They'd kick me out of the helicopter back into the dang ocean if you did that, right? right? right. <laughs> but we do it as, oh, I'm redeemed, so look at you, you're not. Ha, ha, ha. And we would never put it in those terms. We don't couch things in those terms. But we definitely live that out at times when we All treat
1: right. brothers I, and sisters. I remember being with someone who was at the church, and they were trying to explain to me why I shouldn't let this other person attend our church. And we had to have a conversation of, well, I let you attend this church. So it was, you know, and I remember the, the, the dawning on his face coming like, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Wow. That's what we're about, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> How dare you also save
0: that drowning man out of the ocean. Right. I didn't, don't like him
1: in third grade. He called me names. My kids have come to fetch me for dinner. Oh, fabulous. Well, it is about that time. <laughs> so we can wrap
0: up and be finished with our conversation. Um. Side note,
1: humble Greg, my 12 year old son asked me if he could prepare dinner for me. Ooh. And he made homemade meatballs and mashed potatoes. That is fabulous. So, and it was five
0: hours away. I would totally be there.
1: (laughs) And my youngest son is very eager to eat them. good stuff. All right. This has been a fabulous conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. As always,
0: um, God blesses us why,
1: so we can be a blessing to others.
0: Yep, we'll catch you guys next time. I I took away her last thoughts because she has to go eat lunch, dinner, whatever the meal.
1: I do. I got to go eat some meatballs made by my son. Excellent. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>